Have you ever considered why the Son of God was born into the world in the middle of the night? Was it purely a coincidence that Mary delivered Jesus in the lonely hours of a cold Bethlehem night? How should we explain the infinite stillness that hovered over Christ's birth? Why is it that the greatest things are accomplished in silence? Nighttime, more often than not, is the time that God chooses to act in the world. Not prime time, but much later, when nearly everyone is asleep. It is well worth reflecting on this fact, for I think it gives us a unique insight into the ways of God. God created us with freedom, and his respect for our freedom is indeed great. That is why he does not shout over our voices to make himself heard, but he whispers, and the best time to hear him calling is in the night when the world around us is quiet. So much of the story of Christ's coming happens at night. Probably it was at night when the angel approached Mary to announce that she would be the mother of God. The angel appeared to Joseph at night, urging him to take Mary as his wife. The shepherds heard the angel singing and came to the manger at night. It was at night that an angel told Joseph to flee to Egypt with Mary and Jesus. Thus, while most of the world was asleep, excepting for the Holy Family and the faithful shepherds, with the stars and the angels as witnesses, God visited the earth in the birth of his son. One of the earliest church fathers, St. Ignatius of Antioch, would write about this resounding mystery wrought in the silence of God and hid from the prince of this world. The early Christians saw the incarnation as nothing less than an invasion. The ancient kingdom of the devil and his power over the world was God's target that night the last place the evil empire expected to be challenged was in a simple Bethlehem cave as a poor woman gave birth to her child. It was not before long that the church found meaning of this silent and holy night in this remarkable passage from the wisdom of Solomon. For while all things were in quiet silence, and the night was in the midst of her course, thy almighty word leapt down from heaven from thy royal throne. These words have been used for centuries to describe the wonderful mystery of this night. They have evoked in our imagination a beautiful winter scene of deep serenity. The shepherds watching over their sheep under a brilliant night sky, Joseph and Mary tenderly caring for the baby before a warming fire, the angels appearing to sing of the peace which has entered into the world. It is a night of hope for the whole world. The Christmas Eve service brings encouragement 
that Christ will indeed find faith on the earth when he comes again. For you are here celebrating this vigil of Christ's birth, his first coming. Now, a vigil is the service of being vigilant, of looking forward with great expectation to a blessed event. Yes, Lord Jesus, you do have a people who yearn to see you come again. Come, Lord Jesus, to a people who truly believe that you are the Son of God and who rejoice to proclaim you as Savior of the world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. So what are we celebrating? What is Christmas? And I want to begin by sharing with you a story about a German priest. And he was placed in circumstances that brought him very quickly to the very core of what Christmas is, what we are celebrating. He lived during World War II, and he was arrested, tried, and executed, as were many Catholic priests and Protestant ministers who lived during that time and opposed the Nazi regime. So during the eight months that he was in prison, a few days before Christmas, he wrote a letter to his dear sister. And this is what he wrote. For me, the grace of Christmas festival is clearly framed, the empty walls of my prison cell. Never have I knelt at the manger in such poverty as I do this year. Everything has been taken away from me, my home, my honor, my life. Thus I kneel at the manger of him who had no place to lay his head, who as a friend of his people was condemned to death, pouring out his blood in sacrifice for the salvation of all people. For gifts, I bear to the manger my hunger and cold, loneliness and desolation, and many tears of repentance. The shining chains I wear are my only ornament. I want only to give my life, which I previously placed in the service of the infant, infant King of Christmas, to him who saved me with his precious blood. It is in this spirit that I am going to make my pilgrimage to the manger. By the grace of God, I hope to celebrate this Christmas in the depths of my heart 
as never before in my life. No gift, no festive meal will distract me. No candles will gleam, nor fir tree will emit its fragrance. But I will have the infant Jesus in the Eucharist as the one glorious reality of my Christmas to illuminate me with eternal light and fill me with the warmth of His compassionate love. And He was executed two months later. We would come very quickly to the same conclusion if we were to turn off all the lights in the church this morning, even the lights on the trees, if we were to turn them all off, there would still be one light still flickering, that quiet red flame in front of the tabernacle. And that light is a clear and gentle reminder to all of us that Christmas is first about Him, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world that was born for you and for me. Christmas can only be understood and experienced when the good news of the Savior sent to us encounters our fallen, sinful, broken human condition. We have to be real about those two realities. And the unfortunate thing is that so many people are not connected to or facing their sinful, broken human life. The saddest thing for me is that there are so many people in this world who are living lives of quiet desperation, people that are trying to escape, to medicate, to try to manage and compensate for the loneliness, the emptiness, the unhappiness, the stress, the inner pain with food, with alcohol, with endless hours of scrolling on their phones and computers, sometimes even with unholy relationships, but never finding, never finding what they're really looking for. And Jesus would love to break through the barriers, the resistance, the fears, the pride, the hardness of heart in order to bring what only He can bring, salvation. Salvation to everyone. 
But Christmas can be real for us. We can continue to experience the reality of Christmas if we continue to be humbly honest about our sin, our own deep need for Jesus, our need to be saved. And so as we celebrate, and I'm with you, I love Christmas cookies. I love to dress up snowmen. I love the, the lights on the trees. I love singing Christmas carols. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire, right? We love these things and and the festive meals and being together with family. But all of that, good in itself, is only good if it does not eclipse the true meaning of Christmas. And so maybe during our celebrations, during this octave of Christmas, either after a moment of holy communion, and there the Savior, cradled in our soul, or maybe we go to our manger scenes in our homes, or maybe here at church, and we take the baby Jesus, and we allow the good news to be spoken and heard again in a new way. Today is born for you a Savior who is Christ and Lord. Do not be afraid. Let him in. Open our hearts to the one who has come to save us. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, forgive me for the ways that I try to live my life without you. Forgive me for my pride that makes me think I can do life on my own. Forgive me for trying to fill the emptiness of my life with things that will never work. Forgive me for the ways that I avoid you, the ways that I am estranged from your friendship, for the times I have failed to come close to you. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, heal the wounds in my heart that are yet unhealed. And Jesus, bring to my loneliness, to that pain that I feel inside. Love me there. Save me. I need you. Just a prayer like that, honest, humble, whatever in you and in me needs to know the merciful, joyful, loving salvation of Jesus. That's Christmas. And if that's happening, those Christmas cookies taste even better. Even the eggnog goes down easier 
When Jesus is the center of our Christmas. Amen.